Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Love and Lead podcast. Welcome, Jean. It's good to have you again with us today. Hello, hello. So we have been in this series this month called An Invitation to Celebrate. Uh, We've talked about different ways we create moments and memories with our children. And with the time of year we're heading into, we know Thanksgiving's around the corner, Christmas, we just thought it'd be a great time to pause and consider how holidays are such an important part of how we do make moments and memories. So today's topic is going to dive into that a little bit more. And I just want to start by asking Jean, like, what are your thoughts about the holidays coming up? Thank you for asking that question, because I actually have a lot of <laughs> a lot of thoughts about holidays. One of the starting points for me is the fact that God commanded holidays. He commanded holy days, which mm-hmm. is where we get the word holidays, these holy days, these celebrations and feasts. And he commanded so many of them. You can read about them in the book of Exodus. There's um, Passover. There's the festival of harvest. There's the day of atonement. There's dedication. There's all kinds of celebrations that God commanded. And I think he did it for two reasons. And I think those two reasons are still Um, applicable to us today. And the first one was just to recognize God's goodness in our life and to thank him and honor him. But secondly, in those days, of course, God was trying to raise up a people um, for himself that all the surrounding people who didn't know him as God could recognize there was something different about them Mm. and hopefully put Mm. their faith in God as well. And I think as followers of Jesus, we have that same opportunity to show that we celebrate holidays, maybe in some different ways than the culture around us, to maybe have people, friends and family who don't yet know Jesus to ask us why we do things the way we do. And what a wonderful opportunity to do things um, with a different emphasis rather than just automatically following the culture around us. Wow, that is so powerful. And it just makes me think of, I feel like our whole theme has been um, like living more purposefully, like how is God loving and leading us as his people? And then how do we pass that on to our children? And this introduction to the holidays just immediately brings me back to the way that God's loving and leading us as his people. And so these holidays are actually a response, like you said, to him and an opportunity for culture around us to observe um, maybe God's goodness or curiosity about the ways we do celebrate. Right, right. Realizing that we're not like starting and stopping being kingdom people. Like I'm going to follow Jesus's way of life in this thing, but I'm not the next thing. So it really does, it should affect every area of our life. Of course, the way we parent, the way we spend our money, the way we spend our time, and the way we celebrate holidays. Mm -hmm. I just think it's such a wonderful opportunity to show the love of Jesus. Uh, to so many people 
people who know him and people who don't, but especially to our children as they're forming their understanding of the world and how God works. So let me give you an example. Since Halloween is just around the corner and I'm not going to give my opinion necessarily about whether Christians should celebrate Halloween or not, because it is just an opinion and everybody has their opinion. But I'm going to give both points of view, whether celebrating it or not celebrating it, in terms of the kingdom of God, in terms of doing everything that we do for the glory of God. And so if you are or if somebody is a family that wants to go ahead and celebrate it, Um, My caution would be, be careful about what you're bringing home to your kids. Is it just a free-for-all of all the scary things that the culture does around us um, that you're going to bring those to your home and let the kids choose maybe a kind of a gory costume? You might want to ask yourself the question, is this something I would do in this way when Jesus is my next-door neighbor? (laughs) Is this Mm -hmm. something that's going to continue in the everlasting kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. And I think I would say, because I know God doesn't want us to be fearful, that it might not be. Mm -hmm. And so there are so many ways to celebrate it without giving into that fear factor part. Mm -hmm. You, You can have costumes that are just fun or funny or use your God-given creativity to do something outside the box, maybe that someone else hasn't done. There's a lot of ways you could do it without just going to your neighborhood department store and picking out the scariest um, costume that your child might want. And if they ask, why can't I have that scary one? You'd have the opportunity to say, because God doesn't call us to be afraid or to try to instill fear in other people. That's not part of that holiday. And I would also say, if you're going to be celebrating Halloween and kids are trick-or-treating at your house, be the house that gives away the good, generous candy or or mm. gifts. Mm-hmm. Do the full-size candy bar because there is nothing fun about the fun size. <laughs> so for the neighborhood to know that you're the house that is the generous house. What a, mm. what a wonderful, amazing thing um, for you to be known as. And you might have an opportunity to talk about Jesus in that time as well. Right. It's interesting, Jean, because um, years ago, and I'll admit I had my own journey with Halloween. And I, and I heard somebody share, and this is what helped me. Uh, they were like, well, and we do have the choice. Uh, but oftentimes we only see the choice of we either do it and, and go full into it like culture does and society, or we don't. Right. <laughs> and, and we abstain. Like we don't find. And the word they used was redeem. Is there a redemption that we can live in our culture um, during this season? And Ever since I began to ask myself that question, I felt more free in my choices. Right. And like you said, it doesn't have to be, um, you could have two believers side by side with the same decision. Um, and the main question is, yeah, how is this being used as a follower of Jesus and his kingdom work here on earth? Exactly. When the focus is on 
how to glorify Jesus and less on, I just want to do what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I, I think that you you can't go wrong with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you as a listener um, choose not to celebrate Halloween, that is completely your prerogative. But I would say we don't want your kids to feel left out. We don't want them to start feeling negative toward faith in God if they think that's what faith causes. So there are so many other alternatives that you could do. Maybe your family, part of your family values and identity, you want to celebrate All Saints Day instead, which is November 1st. Do all the fun dress up and all the fun games, but you can choose a different day. Or you could have an alternative. You could be the safe house for an alternative Halloween party for your kids. I mean, there's lots of opportunities. And the thing I really want to stress is it's about what is going to be the best picture of the kingdom of God for the people who are outside looking in and for your kids making their faith choices going forward. Mm-hmm. And it's so much less about doing what the culture mandates mm-hmm. or doing just what I want to do because it makes me feel good. Mm-hmm. We just need to have a different perspective about holidays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love it. And I think I know it's um, a couple months away, but I want to touch on, I mean, Thanksgiving is so easy to do. I mean, that one is mm-hmm. is made for family and made for remembering God. But Christmas sometimes um, gets a little bit gray. As followers of Jesus, we know that it's supposed to be celebrating Jesus's birthday. But I think there might be some questions we need to ask ourselves and answer honestly. Like, do we really have to lavishly decorate our homes? Why do we need to spend so much money on gifts for people who already have more than they need? Why do we have to do so much more baking or um, encourage kids to make a, a list of their wants? Mm-hmm. Is any of that purely kingdom-minded? Is any of it Christ-centered? And I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any one of those things or those traditions. I'm just saying we need to be a little, we might benefit by being a little bit more mindful about why we're choosing those things. Um, Decorations on your house, they just make us feel good. They make us feel happy. They make us feel festive, especially during the the darkest, longest nights of the year. I think it's an important thing to do. But if it's stressing you out, or if you're getting a little bit more concerned about decorations, then having them and having them look right, rather than letting your kids participate in the decorating, you might want to examine your motive there. Does that make sense? I'm not ever saying don't do these things. I'm thinking don't give yourself more burden if it's causing stress. Do the things that that bring life to your celebration. Absolutely. And Jean, even in that example, can I just like go back to the invitation to the rhythms of life when we talked about like understanding the ages of your kids and mm-hmm. what decorating decor all that looks different with preschoolers. Right. Or elementary age versus teenage. And I'll just encourage those parents that, you know, maybe you do like the perfect 
tree and you want to decorate it your way. Like, I just want to say those years are coming. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, like, to just like consider this, the season of life you're in and what's even more important in that um, because your kids, they just aren't young forever. Um, and you will have plenty of years ahead where you can have everything um, perfectly neat. That's such a good point. It's mm-hmm. just another season in our lives. Mm-hmm. And it's important to be family centered um, in different ways as our kids grow older. And then especially mm-hmm. when you have an empty nest, it it means a whole other set of things. And so I love that you reminded us of that. I mean, one of the, oh, I don't even know what word to use, but to me, the mystery and the wonder and the glory about Christmas is that God became a human being, that word incarnation. The fact that Jesus was born was enough to make the whole host of angels sing for joy is enough reason for us to celebrate Christmas. And I know often people get upset about how commercialized Christmas is or how much there's a war on Christmas. And I don't even understand what that means, really. But it's up to us as heads of our family or um, parents for our children to make more meaningful memories for them. That's our role. And so I want to encourage everybody to be real creative with your Christmas. Maybe it's your tradition to always make cookies and take them around to neighbors. Well, bless you to do that. What a special thing. Maybe you want to start a new tradition. If any of you are musical of playing instruments or singing, going to a nursing home, visiting people who might not have visitors or inviting some immigrants to come to your house and celebrate Christmas with you. I mean, there's the sky's the limit in the creativity that God can share with us for how we can make this holiday more meaningful. Mm-hmm. We took it so seriously um, when my kids were little, but it changed every year. There were a few years where we would dress up in costumes and the kids would act out the Christmas story, the night Jesus was born. And they would write their own original songs and they would sing them. And as time went on, I thought we would do that forever. And I realized they were getting too old and just didn't want to do it. So we, the last year we did it, we ended up videotaping it so we could sit and watch it together the years where they didn't want to dress up anymore. Oh, that's a great idea. And yeah. we, we never asked our kids what they want for Christmas. It was just not, we wanted to get the focus off getting, but mm-hmm. what we would always ask them is what they're giving for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing, we did a lot wrong, of course, from this mm-hmm. vantage point, I can see the mistakes. But one thing we, I feel like we really got correct was the way we opened presents on Sunday mor- on Christmas morning. And I don't care if you do it Christmas Eve or Christmas morning, that's not a discussion point, but we did it. All of my kids would gather all the gifts they were giving and they would have their little pile in front of them. And one by one, they would give one gift to one family member. And we'd all watch that person open that. And then the, that person would say, thank you so much for giving me this gift. 
I mean, it was a one by one mm-hmm. opportunity for everyone to get to rejoice in the joy of each gift that was given. Mm-hmm. It became mm-hmm. the, I would say it became the, the favorite memory of all mm-hmm. my kids, even now as they're all adults. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that. I will say, um, and like you said, I feel like I kind of bumbled through it and still am, if I'm honest, <laughs> right. because, you know, you, you bring what you came from your family, the example you had and culture and honestly, just never even stopped to think really intentionally always about it. But one choice I had made early on was I put, I had a stuffed nativity um, that somebody had given us. And that is what went under the tree Mm. until Christmas morning. So it, again, it, and I just, you know, told Natalie, my daughter as you know, Jesus is the greatest gift that, you know, you'll ever get that we'll ever get. And we still do that tradition just to remind ourselves. It's again, like you said, it's not about the gifts that are piling up around the tree, but for us, it was a way to just consciously remember all throughout that season that it was about Jesus and on a very practical level, she wasn't hounding me about it. She wasn't shaking them, asking if she could open them early, like we did to our parents growing up. I mean, right. Bless my parents for, you know, it was a constant like thing with all those gifts around the tree. So, well, so you were saving yourself that aggravation <laughs> so you could have more joy <laughs> during this season. <laughs> so maybe that's what inspired it. I'm not sure. I'm glad I did it. We, um, over the years, we did different things. As much as I love traditions, I also always like something new to see what would spark some interest for my kids. Um, So I'm just going to rattle off some of these ideas I'm going to say were ours, and some of them were good friends of ours. But um, there's the idea of instead of or in in addition to a Christmas tree of having a manger, almost kind of like a life-size one with a, with a doll baby in there to be baby Jesus. And gifts could go under that as a reminder of Christmas was always about the gift that Jesus was for us. One thing that we did the, the years we did a manger, we also had this paper printed out that all of us filled out, kids and adults alike, that was our gift to Jesus that year. Mm-hmm. And it was a little bit like New Year, New Year's resolutions, but with with a twist. But that idea, Jesus, I love you so much. This year, I'm going to give this gift to you. And one year, um, one of my kids was going to write a song for Jesus. Another mm. one was going to stop sneaking into somebody, you know, his brother's room, <laughs> <laughs> which is good. Somebody else was going to stop calling somebody names. And, sure. you know, we all have an innate sense of what God would have us do. And mm-hmm. it was just a precious time of each one of us um, really spending a little bit of time in prayer and thinking and giving that gift. And then we would look at them the next year when we got the decorations out to see how that went. It was a, 
joyful, meaningful time as well. I had a family that were friends of ours who would always do a nativity scene, which was wonderful. And they always got one new um, part to it each year. So the first year it was Mm -hmm. just baby Jesus. And the next year it would be Mary and then Joseph. But after a few years, when there were no more characters um, to be had in the, in the story, they just started adding (laughs) whatever they would have. So maybe Mm. there was a dinosaur one year. <laughs> but again, just to rehearse that idea sure. of the first Christmas and how what a wonderful family mm. tradition, even as they got older, they could still do that. Who was going to bring something to add to that nativity scene that year when they brought their kids to the grandparents' house? Mm-hmm. And I thought that was a very special tradition as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think. Just to pause you for a moment, and then you can keep sharing, but you know what we get excited about, our kids will get excited about. Oh, exactly. Right? Isn't that part of what we're even describing is creating their heart will um, lean into these things as ours do. We can kind of uh, cultivate that joy and energy around um, Jesus and the principles of the kingdom rather than, um, you know, what's just Santa the trappings. You? Yeah. I know <laughs> everywhere yeah. else they go and the questions they get. Well, and it's so important to try to cultivate joy and celebration mm-hmm. in our children. Mm-hmm. Remember, we talked a few weeks yeah. ago about how anxiety is just so strong and it's the thing working against our families, ourselves and our children. Mm-hmm. But if we can help them learn to celebrate and to have joy, I mean, we're commanded in scripture to rejoice in the Lord always. Mm-hmm. And it's really a learned behavior. Mm-hmm. And this is just the the best time of year to really work on helping them understand it and that joy really does come from Jesus more than from the new toy that's going to be broken within an hour of opening it. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. So it is important as as fun and as wonderful as gifts are and how important it is to be generous. That's all a huge part of the Christmas season, but because toys do break, There's got to be more to it than that. Mm -hmm. I mean, out of all my childhood gifts, I probably only remember two or three of them. Mm -hmm. But I remember way more celebrations, way more parties with cousins and aunts and uncles. I remember the events more than I do the things. Yeah. Well, and let's talk a moment because we probably have some parents with teenagers on this call where they're yeah. like, oh, we're just at the stage. We give them a gift card because we can't buy anything they like or it's too expensive. So holidays look very different as your kids begin to grow and you aren't in those simple childlike toys that you play with. What are some ideas when you have older kids that can help? with the cultivating joy and celebration in the holidays? Mm-hmm. Good question. One of the things I think that should be in the top of our minds when we're thinking about gifts for teenagers 
is experiences, things that they'll remember doing. So maybe the gift would be um, tickets to a show or an event, or maybe it's a, a day trip to someplace they would really enjoy. I actually have a friend who gave his um, preteen daughter the gift of a day in Chicago. Mm. So mm-hmm. she gets to pick what they're going to do mm-hmm. in Chicago. Now, I know that's kind of extravagant, and a lot of people might not be able to do that, but it could be done on a smaller scale. Maybe there's something mm-hmm. in, t- in your town that you just haven't gotten around to doing or something you know your child is very interested in. Maybe it's going to a store that maybe they're into comic books. So it's a free trip to the comic book store that you're going to take them to and do it with them and couple it with maybe breakfast or lunch or going out for coffee um, and talking mm-hmm. about whatever. Another thing about teenagers, even if you're just going to what it, you know, if they're saving money for something and money really would be an appropriate, appreciative, appreciated gift, they're still children in a lot of ways. Think of us as adults. We love to open a package. Mm -hmm. So maybe part of the gift for a teenager is the way you wrap it. Maybe Mm. it's wrapped specially, or maybe it's going to be clues to how to wrap it or where it's hidden or Again, that could even be turned into an experience. I remember we had somebody who um, told us of one morning they woke up and the whole doorway, they had a double doorway into the room where their Christmas celebration was going to be. And it was covered in wrapped boxes. Now, there was nothing in any of those boxes. It was just you had to unwrap them to get through Mm -hmm. the room. Mm-hmm. to get to the gifts. And I thought that was just brilliant and so thoughtful. That is very fun. And I'm sure those kids remembered that for a very long time. So yeah. even if the gift isn't necessarily the one that's going to, you know, hit the ball out of the park, the way it's given, the way it's done. There's so many kids today who are very into causes. And so maybe Mm -hmm. they would even enjoy going and and serving at um, a free lunch place or um, the no-kill dog shelter or whatever is in your town, something that your child is interested in that you would do with them as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So Jean, you know, we have a couple minutes left to wrap up. What are So I'm going to go back to that idea of holy days. Like, remind us again, what is Christmas about? And what are the questions that will help us make the choices of how we, you know, want to celebrate this year? Yeah, it would be a wonderful family activity to talk about what Christmas means or do this before any holiday before Easter, mm-hmm. this is a good mm-hmm. one too, because mm-hmm. I don't know how Jesus is taking second billing to <laughs> rabbits sure. and baskets and eggs. I don't right. know, <laughs> right. but really have a family conversation, whatever age mm-hmm. your kids are, about what that holiday means, why we celebrate it, and how we can bring our love for Jesus into mm-hmm. our celebration. Right. Yeah. So well, it, it could even be, are we going to 
bake cookies just because we have to and we've always done it and yeah. we like to eat them and they're yummy? Are we going to bake cookies so we're having some time together as a family and are we going to give them away or, you know, just conversations as you're working through the holidays? Well, and I love that even because I remember us talking about that earlier, like the kids would even get to be a part of that like when we had talked about vacations a long time ago, yeah. Like when we have those conversations and the kids feel like, right. Like mom's not just having me decorate cookies, but like we decided together, we wanted to decorate cookies and give them away. Yeah. And what kinds you're going to make and how mm-hmm. they're going to be decorated and what you're going to do with them. And the same thing's true when you're shopping for your decorations. Mm-hmm. Do, do it together. Or maybe you want each child to take the lead role. Maybe each year somebody gets to decide that. It's just such a wonderful opportunity to build on those family values and give your children that sense of identity that they belong both to their nuclear family right there and the family of God. Ah, that's wonderful. Well, with that, we are going to wrap it up. We're going to wish you um, a lot of joy and peace as you celebrate the coming season and the invitation that God has for you and your family. Um, Thank you, Jean. Do you have any closing words before we go? Uh, I couldn't say it better than you. We just bless everyone to celebrate the goodness of God. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Hey, it has been great to be with you this fall. I hope you have felt loved and led by God as we have explored the invitation to the rhythms of life and the invitation to celebrate making moments and memories with your kids. Uh, We're going to go on break here uh, until the new year where we will restart back up with an invitation to God care. It's funny because originally in in planning our year, we had called it the invitation to self-care. You know, that's such a buzzword in society nowadays. And just realizing, though, how that carries with it the idea of what we need to do to take care of ourselves. And we wanted to turn that upside down a little bit and realize the truth is that, like, God cares for us right? That his eyes are on um, the sparrow and so his eyes are on us. So how might he be loving and leading us in the care that he has for our lives and that we could love and lead our kids into the care that God has for their lives as well? So we look forward to um, visiting with you once the new year comes up. Until then, have a blessed um, rest of 2021. Bye-bye.